Hallelujah. Praise God. Why don't you just lift up your hands to him this morning. Father, we praise you. You truly are a miracle God. We glorify you in this place, acknowledging the presence of the Holy Ghost. We just lift up our hands in praise and in worship to you now, giving you glory for your goodness, for your kindness, for your mercy that's been extended to us. Father, we just praise you for our salvation. Thank you for our protection. Thank you for healing and deliverance. Glory to God. We thank you that you have plucked us out of the pit and set our feet on a rock. You came and you died and you gave us victory over the curse, over sin, over death, over all that would try to hold us captive and bound. Through your name, we have victory. And we give you praise today. We magnify you and give you all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Can I read a verse to you? It just came to me as I was up there um, worshiping. It's, this, it's over in James chapter 5, and it's in verse 7. It says, Be patient. Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and the latter rain. How many of you know there's a rain that's coming? I said there's a rain that's coming. There's a rain that's coming. Things are going to change. That rain is going to undo some things. That rain is going to do some things. Hallelujah. And it's going to cause the harvest. The harvest. The harvest. We're not done yet. We're not finished. I know it looks dark. I know it looks like we're held captive to the waves of wicked men. But I'm telling you, God's not done. I'm telling you, God has a plan that he's working. And we see it here. He says this to us in verse, in verse 7. He said, be also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Establish your hearts. Establish your hearts. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we've got to just stay with it and we must not quit. We are the army of the Lord. We got to keep praying. We got to keep standing. We got to keep saying the same thing. Glory to God. And believing the word of the Lord that has been prophesied. The word of the Lord that's been given to us through his word. I'm telling you, Jesus is the Lord of hosts. We're a part of his army. He's not quitting. I said he's not quitting. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. There's no give up in me. There's no give up in you. Hallelujah. We got to establish our hearts right now because the coming of the Lord is soon. You know, I was thinking about that. I was talking to uh, Brother Malcolm, you know. Um, my goodness. We see all of these um, things in the Word that point to the coming of the Lord. And the, the, I mean, you could just go through them and you can see where 
The coming of the Lord is so soon. But I'm telling you, the rapture takes place first, and it's imminent. You don't see anything in the Bible that points to the rapture. We got to get this fixed, guys. If the coming of the Lord is soon, how much sooner is the rapture of the church? But you want to know something about the rapture of the church? It's not going to happen until God fixes this mess that we see in the earth. And God is coming back for a glorious church. We're leaving out of here just like the children of Israel left Egypt. They left wealthy. They left healthy. Glory to God. They were loaded down with blessings. And that's how the church is going to be before the coming of the Lord. We're not leaving here broke. We're not leaving here limping. We're not not leaving here begging we're not leaving here hungry we're leaving here well fed we're leaving here well supplied we're leaving here with a full supply of finances and health and harvest hallelujah I said hallelujah keep your eyes on the harvest glory to God because it's now it's now Hallelujah. Do you believe that this morning? Just thank him. Father, we thank you for your plan that you're working. There's a plan that's at work. A plan that the Spirit of God is working. It may seem like we've hit a lull. It may seem like nothing's changing. Oh, but God, your Spirit is moving. And there's going to be an end time revival. There's going to be a pouring out of rain. Oh, Ravande la Bacarabade. There will be a rain. There will be a rain. There will be a sound from heaven. And all the earth will know it. All the earth will hear it. All the earth will stand at attention. Glory to God. For there is coming a move of God like this earth has never seen before. And I thank you, Lord, that we are positioned now to be a part of it, to be workers in that harvest field. And we promise, Lord, we're going to do the work that's before us until you come we will not quit we will not back down we will not let go but we're going to press on in faith speaking your word in faith expecting the spirit of God to do things and move things and arrange things the way that they're supposed to be for this end time harvest in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah Glory to God. It's an exciting day to be a part of the church. Amen, 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 amen. One more time, let's just thank God for the word this morning. Father, we praise you. We thank you today for the word of God. It's alive in us. It speaks to us. It brings faith to us. It brings enlightenment to us. And so we thank you for the precious word that we're about to receive Thank you, Lord, that you move through me. I thank you that there's faith in this place to receive. I thank you that there's an unction here today. And we just give you glory and praise for the word today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, 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 amen. I'm going to try this one more time.
Yes, there we go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I don't like the handheld, but we'll take it if that's all we've got. Go with me, if you would, over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Um, praise God for the word today. Praise God for the word that establishes our hearts. Amen. Amen. This is such a, an important time for the church. It's an important time for us to be um, in the word. Well, if I have to hold it, I will. Yeah, this one's not turning on, so I'll just stick with what I got. Praise the Lord. Um, we're, we've been on a series over the last few weeks, I've been at both campuses. I, I tell you, I get confused as to what I preached, where, at what campus. But, um, you know, in being led by the Spirit, the Holy Ghost won't quite let me go, of, let me let go of this, about um, this present darkness that's trying to invade the church. You know, the world is the world. You know, the world lives in darkness. We know that. But, you know, the darkness isn't the will of God for us. God wants light for you. God, praise God, translated you out of the kingdom of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of light. And so because of that, we'll just go on to this. Because of that, we have to recognize that it's always the enemy's will to pull us back into that darkness. He's always sending things. He's sending misinformation. He'll send people. He'll send thoughts to your mind to try to pull you back into the darkness. But I'm going to tell you something. We are delivered from the darkness. We are delivered from deception. And we need to uh, talk about some of these things because I think we see the things that are happening around us and we come to church and maybe we don't hear about it. But listen, it has a lot to do with your life. The things that have been happening in our nation since the election. Um, I know a lot of people thought that had to do with Democrats and Republicans. It had to do with light against darkness. If you think it's about politics, you're wrong. It's about light and darkness. And I tell you, it's time for the church to stand up and be the church and be bold without a spirit of fear on us. Amen. And come at these giants that are trying to make the church go sit in a corner somewhere. We need to stand up and say we will, we will not be silent. We will stand for our God. We will stand for the word of God. We will stand for the scriptures. We will stand for Jesus Christ. Oh, don't say him. Oh, yeah, we're going to say him even louder because I'm going to tell you Jesus is coming back. You think you can shut Jesus down? You're wrong. You are mistaken. He's coming back. And he's changing things by his spirit. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the spirit of God is about to set some things right. Yes, but we as the church need to be aware. You know, there, there's that scripture over there uh, that talks about awake. <laughs> awake from your sleep. 
There needs to be an awakening, not just in the world. We're going to see an awakening in the world, praise God, with the revival, with that great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We're going to see the awakening take place in the world. But listen, there's an awakening that needs to take place in the church. There's an awakening that needs to happen with the people of God because so many of God's people are in darkness and are blinded to what the enemy is doing. Um, I want to read a verse to you out of, uh, out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. It says, in whom the God of this world, well, who's that? That's Satan in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So this is the spirit of Antichrist that's in the world. I'm telling you, it's an evil spirit from hell that is at work all around us to try to shape and form our belief system to try to use darkness on people. It's almost like, a, uh, we've talked about this, like a mist on the people of God to where they don't see the word. They don't see what's right. They don't know where to stand. They don't know what to promote. They don't know what to get behind. It's a spiritual darkness that has come upon people. And what's sad is when you see that coming on the church because of who the church is. The church is that restraining force in the earth. You know, the enemy can't do everything he wants to do right now. I know you hear global reset. You know, you hear about one world order. You, you, you hear and see everything pushing towards that but I'm telling you the enemy can't do all he wants to do he can't the antichrist can't come to full reign that revelation says until that which restrains him is taken away what is that force that's restraining him it is the church hallelujah that is who we are See, we got to look at this time that we're in through spiritual eyes. If you look at it just through natural eyes, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to feel like, well, you know, we should just give up. We should just quit. We should just quit praying because, you know, I've had people tell me these things, Christian people, you know, because I believe the election was a total fraud. It was a total fraud. The people occupying in the White House, it is, it is a false administration. And people just wish you would shut up about that kind of thing, but I can't. And I won't. And I won't stop praying. And I won't stop believing God. Amen. Amen. Well, the prophets missed it. The prophets didn't miss it. You don't understand prophecy if you think that the prophets missed it. You've got to understand what prophecy does. God uses the prophets to speak things out. You're judging it before the time. If you're saying the prophets missed it. They didn't miss it. So we have to be patient 
establish our hearts, continue in the faith of God, continue saying what God has said. If you go through the scriptures, you think, well, you know, I don't know what prophecy to believe. Go back to the scriptures. They say the same thing. Hallelujah, about the outpouring, about the move of God, about God having his way in this time. We need to stand up and be that force and not be overcome by the darkness. It's a real thing. It's, it's happening to so many people in the church, and that is what the enemy loves because then they're not resisting him. They're promoting what he promotes. They are standing on the side of the enemy or they're standing on the fence. Well, I don't know what to believe. Well, pick a side. Because it's like we say, the devil owns the fence. Amen. Pick the Lord's side. Stand with the word of God. There's another scripture I want to read to you out of Romans chapter 12. We're just... We're just kind of getting warmed up here. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. This shows you the battle that is happening for your mind, for your soul. The enemy wants to conform your thinking. He wants to conform your believing to the way of the world. You see it here in Romans 12 too. And be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you've got an enemy that is working to conform the thinking of every person on the planet. You know, um, I used this uh, example before. You know, if you have a bottle of water and you look in that bottle, you'll see that the water has totally conformed to the shape of that bottle. You know, if you have a bottle that's got little dents in it and ridges in it, the, the, the water forms completely to the shape of that bottle. You put that water in a real smooth cylinder type of bottle, it will conform to that. It, it is controlled by its environment. That is what is happening to us by default. We become conformed to our environment. So if your mind is not constantly being renewed by the word of God, being transformed, if you're not in that process of continually being transformed by the renewing of your mind, you are by default being conformed to the world simply because you're here. Because that water, all it has to do to be conformed to that bottle is just be in the bottle. We are in this world. There are things happening around us that we see, things that we hear, and it can affect us and conform us in our thinking. The only thing that is more powerful than that conforming process is the transformation process that happens in our lives when our mind is renewed to the word of God. You got to fight this. Amen. Faith world, we got to fight this. And it's a spiritual work involved to fight it. It's the constant hearing and exposure 
and intake of the word of God. You know, we've had COVID take place and, and, you know, we had people that didn't come to church or people that really weren't engaged with the word of God like they were before COVID happened. And the devil took full advantage of it. The devil took full advantage of that. And we've got to get back on the stick. You know what I mean by getting back on the stick? Getting back to the spiritual work that has to be done in us. By constantly being exposed to preaching, teaching, hearing, study, reading, of the word of God so that it gets down on the inside of us, hallelujah, and transforms our thinking. And then this process that's happening to so many in the world where they're just being sucked into the darkness and their minds are just conformed and molded to the ways of the world's wisdom, to their thinking, to everything. I'm telling you, they are a, it is a godless society. It is a godless society that stands for everything that God hates. And our children are exposed. Their minds are exposed. Their little hearts are exposed. Our teenagers, our young people at universities, their minds are exposed to such darkness. And there is a deliberate attempt a deliberate attempt to conform you, Christian, to pull you into darkness. How do we fight that? Through the transformation work of the renewing of your mind. I tell you, the word is light and it transforms you. And so these are the things that are happening, and I know that sometimes people want to talk about other things, but we have to discuss these things. If we don't discuss them now, when are we going to talk about them? Because these are the things that are happening now. So because they're happening now, we got to talk about them now. There is an, a spirit in this world that seeks to blind you, to deceive you, but praise God, we don't have to be deceived. The good news is we've been called unto the light. The good news is we've been given the word of God. We've been given the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that where he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Part of that power is he brings light to you in a dark world, in a world that is thick with gross darkness. There is a light that shines into our hearts. There is a light that shines into our minds and we see clearly and we see accurately and we're not confused and we're not left without any uh, without understanding. We know. We have light because of the Holy Spirit that lives down on the inside of us. We don't have to be deceived. We don't have to be deaf. We don't have to be blind. Hallelujah. But there's reasons why people are. And I, and I uh, you know, 
I, I, I'm going to say a lot of things this morning that I know may upset some people, but uh, they need to be said. They need to be said, and they're said in love. They may seem harsh. They may seem direct. But as a pastor, part of what you do is, is you help people stay on the path. Sometimes people don't see, because of deception, they don't see what's happening to them. And so God will use somebody to speak into your life and help you see what's happening to you so that you can get it right. Because it is not the will of God for you to be deceived. And I tell you, I don't want to see you be deceived. It's one of the most heartbreaking things in pastoring when you see people that, uh, I call it the gloss over, where you're you're trying to share with them your heart, you're trying to warn them, you're trying to help them see that the path they're on is not good, and you just get this gloss over. And they just they just look right past you and they're not they're not hearing anything you're saying. And you see them uh go off the cliff. And they end up, Brother Hagen used to call it the spiritual junk heap of life. Not me. How about you? Not me. I don't want to be deceived. But there's reasons why people are deceived. And so I want to talk about some of the reasons why people are deceived, why some people are blind, why some people walk in the darkness. And I'm going to go through these pretty quickly because I've, I've, got, I've got some that I covered last week, but I've got some that I didn't. And I'd like to go over those as well. But go over to Matthew chapter 22. And let's talk about some of these reasons why people are deceived. Because you, you see people, even people that you think were strong in the word, people that maybe were even in leadership. I see people today that are even pastors of ministries. And you just think, how did you get this way? How did you get this way? How did you end up? believing this way and and thinking the way that you think you're so deceived and I mean it's just astonishing but if you read the scriptures there are reasons why people get deceived and I want to talk about some of those this morning Um, if you're over in Matthew 22 stay there I'm going to read from Hosea chapter 4 in verse 6 the first reason is this is because they have a lack of knowledge of the word of God. Hosea 5, 6, or, or 4, 6 says, my people, now that's interesting that God's not talking about the world here. He's talking about the church. So this affects us. This affects us. This affects you. He said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So people can be deceived. Now this there's so many people in the church that are Bible illiterate that this explains a lot to me of why the church is in the shape that they're in because they just don't know the word. They don't. They couldn't put one scripture together with another scripture to save their life. You've got people that don't even understand what the Bible says about uh, homosexuality 
what the Bible says about abortion. The reason they don't know where to stand on issues like that is because they don't know what the Bible says. I'm going to say this to you. I don't care what age you are, you need to know the Bible. You need to know the Word of God. If you don't, the Bible talks about people that grope in the darkness. They just constantly reach out blindly in the darkness trying to find a way, trying to find a way through. You don't want to live that way. If you don't want to grope in the darkness, then you need to get in the Word of God and learn it, study it. Find a topic and start learning it. Learn about faith. Learn about covenant. Oh, man, I tell you, that's what's been burning in my spirit. We are covenant people. We are friends of God, capital F. Capital F, friends of God. He's in covenant with us. This goes far deeper than I think sometimes we even understand what we have in this earth. God made a covenant with the blood of his own son with you. He's not coming out of that covenant. He will take care of you. He will provide for you. He will heal you. He will give you all that you have need of. Glory to God because of that covenant. I'm a covenant child of God. See, you start learning about things and you start walking in light. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. And so here you have people that heard the word, heard the truth, but rejected it. And because of it, they live deceived. See, it's really important that you hold to the scriptures instead of your pet belief. Well, I was always raised to believe such and such. Well, if it doesn't line up with the scripture, look at this verse. Are you over here in Matthew 22 and verse 29? You get anything out of this this morning? I really believe that you're going to leave here with something good. Matthew 22 and 29 says, Jesus answered and said unto them, You do err not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. So your life, that is just so powerful, is going to be filled with error if you don't know the word of God. See, we got to get we got to get to that place where we are hearing the word every day, studying the word every day, line upon line, precept upon precept. I mean, just layer up the word in your life. Layer, 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 and layer it. Amen. And then you're going to be like the psalmist who said, thy word have I hid in my heart. I was reading over there in Psalms Uh, 119 if you go to your Bible it's interesting if you go to your Bible and you open it kind of like in the middle you end up in the the longest chapter in the Bible which is Psalms 119 I love that whole chapter and I was reading that the other day and it's amazing how many references there are to the word of God thy word have I hid in thy heart 
in my heart that I might not sin against thee. See, he knew that in order for him to fulfill the way that God had for him, he had to put the word of God in him. But there's so many references to the word. Listen, how you treat and value the word, how you get it in you, it's going to affect whether or not you are susceptible for deception. Learn the Bible. Study the Bible. I know people that know the Bible that are impressed right now to study the Bible like never before. But get it in you and then you won't be deceived. Amen. All right. Um, the second thing, uh, go over to um, go over to John chapter three, and I'll meet you over there. The second reason why people are deceived, or why they walk in blindness, is they either don't seek, or they reject the voice of the Holy Spirit in their life. They either don't seek or they reject the voice of the Holy Spirit in their life. I want to read Ephesians 4.30 from the Amplified Classic. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden Him. Do not offend or vex or sadden Him. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, how can you do that? How do you grieve the Holy Spirit? By getting up and going to the bathroom during the preaching? That's what we, my mom always said. Don't get up and go to the bathroom. You'll grieve the Holy Ghost. Go before church. And there's probably an element of truth to that. You know, we need to have honor and respect for the moving of the Spirit of God. I truly believe in that. But I tell you how you can grieve the Holy Spirit is when you don't acknowledge him in your life. And I think for, for, for me, I, I am so grateful for the personal relationship that I have with the Holy Spirit. Aren't you? I mean, that is just so precious to me, the, the relationship that I have with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and part of that involves including him and acknowledging him in in your daily life, in your decision-making, in, in what you're involved in, in who you're involved with in life. You know, when you ignore the Holy Spirit, He can't communicate to you the things that you need to hear. You know, um, uh, we were talking about this last week in Hemet. You know, a part of that relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit or really any person is that communication. You know, Jeremy and I, we, we don't have a perfect marriage. We're both too fiery to be perfect. We have some uh, loud disagreements at times, you know. Not terrible, but, you know, we, we like to out... We like to be heard. I'll put it that way. Each one of us like to be heard. But one thing that I truly enjoy in my relationship with my husband is that communication. You know, we'll just, you know, sit in the morning and kind of have kind of a slow start. or We get up really early and get coffee or whatever. And just sharing and talking about, you know, hey, I'm studying this. What do you think about this scripture? Do you have, you know, and just the sharing, the exchanging of of different points of view, different thoughts, different, you know what I'm saying? He sees things different maybe than I do or he can add to it. 
See, the Holy Spirit has a point of view. The Holy Spirit has things he needs to communicate to you and you don't hear that if you don't acknowledge him. I love this verse. I found this verse this week and I just thought, oh, I got to share that. It's in Revelations 3.20. It's, you're familiar with it, but I, I just love that. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man, I love this. This is for anybody that wants this. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. I will sup with him and he with me. He's saying, if you want this, I'll talk to you. If you want this, I'll share things with you. If you want to know it, I will tell you. I'll communicate it to you. I'll help you to understand it because I want to share these things with you. Remember that scripture says, the deep calls unto deep. You need to do that from the depth of your heart. You need to call unto God and say, God, what is up with this? Or God, you know, tell me about this. Talk Talk to me about this. And he will share those things with you. I'm going to tell you, we're living in a day where people want to deceive you. You can't even hardly find true information anywhere. You can't trust anything you hear anymore because everybody has an ulterior motive to control you somehow. So how are we going to make decisions? How are we going to know what to do? Well, should I take the vaccine or not take the vaccine? Should I quarantine or come out of quarantine? Only the Holy Spirit can tell you that. I'm not going to tell you to take the vaccine because if you take it and don't like it, I'm not going to have you come and knock it on my door. You told me to take it. I'm not telling you nothing. Follow the Holy Spirit because he has things to say to you. Do I do, I do this, Lord? Do I do that, Lord? Do I get involved in this? Do I get involved in this over here? The Holy Spirit wants to share those things with you. Acknowledge him. He will give you light. He will give you understanding. He will give you direction, and you will not be deceived. Eyes to see. Ears that hear, the Holy Spirit will give you both. But if you refuse that, I can guarantee you, you're going to get duped in this world. Because there's an enemy that wants to blind you. There are people, I know it's hard for us to even wrap our brain around this. There are people that are wicked enough that want to bring down people, want to bring down nations. For their own benefit. Let me tell you something, the Holy Ghost will make you wise if you'll listen to him. I said if you'll listen to him. All right. Are you in John 3, 3? Just stay there. I'm going to get to you. I've got to hurry. The next one, they have a seared conscience. When you have a seared conscience, you get involved in things 
that are dark. You get involved in things that God didn't have for you, but you're not sensitive anymore. Let me just read to you out of 1 Timothy 4.2. It says, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. The NIRV says their sense, their sense of what is right and wrong has been destroyed. So this is what happened. When you got born into this earth, every single person got a conscience. Even people in the world got a conscience. But you have to protect that conscience and keep that conscience pure. You have to line that conscience up with the word of God. If you make a habit in life of going against your conscience, going against your conscience, going against your conscience, going against your conscience, overriding your conscience, what happens is your conscience becomes calloused, your conscience becomes insensitive to what is right and to what is wrong. Do you see what has happened to society? Because see, everything they're trying to push on us, everything they're trying to push in society goes against the conscience. It goes against that natural instinct of what is right and what is wrong. Come on, somebody. I, I'm preaching a lot better than y'all are amening. This is what is happening. They're trying to take conscience out of the equation and make us a society that has no conscience, where there is no wrong. Nobody can say that anything is wrong. Well, that's a bunch of baloney. Because there are things that go against the natural instinct that we have, and we know that it's wrong. Christians better wake up. And you better quit being pushed around into agreeing and accepting things that your conscience doesn't agree with. Not only does the word of God not agree with it, but your own conscience tells you that it's wrong. Young people, follow the word of God, follow the Holy Ghost, and follow your conscience. If something down here ain't settling right with it, then you leave it alone. You get involved with it, you're dulling your sensitivity towards what is right and wrong. That's what's happened in the world today. But I'm going to tell you something. We need to be people of conscience. Come on, somebody. And be bold. And say, you know what? That is not right. Oh, you're judging. I absolutely am. I'm judging it by the scripture and I'm judging it by the, the, the conscience, the, the moral compass that I have on the inside of my spirit. It's an instinct in you to know what is right and wrong. You know, you will learn a lot about instinct if you will look at dogs. I have beagles and I have golden retrievers and they do things just by instinct. You can't take it out of them. My golden retriever goes around the house and gets every sock, 
every dirty uh, shirt, every dirty pair of underwear, anything that's laying out, he's going to get it and bring it in one pile in the living room. We have one son who uh, his room had a sliding glass door to the, to, the, to the yard, and he would push on that door, push on that door, push on that door to open it, just so he could go in there and get all the dirty clothes, and it was a treasure trove of dirty clothes, and go in there and get them all out and drag them into the yard. And I don't care what we have tried, it doesn't work. It is instinct. He is a retriever. There's an instinct in you. It's a pure conscience. You need to follow it. There's some things you don't even need to pray about. You don't even need to find a verse for it. It just doesn't settle where, settle where, uh, settle well on the inside of you. And you need to follow that or you can become deceived and darkened in your understanding. I got to hurry. The next one is real easy. Uh, John 3, 3, are you over there? The reason many are deceived and blind is because they're not even born again. And they don't have the Spirit of God on the inside of them. This is what's wrong with the world. John 3, 3, Jesus was speaking here. He was speaking to a man named Nicodemus. And remember, Nicodemus, the Holy Spirit was helping him to see. He said, you know, you're a teacher, but all of these things that you're doing, the miracles that you're doing, you know, you have to be the Messiah. He was beginning to see. And Jesus said to him, he said, uh, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So that's talking about spiritual sight. See, when you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live down on the inside of your heart and the darkness leaves. He takes those spiritual blinders off. Hallelujah. Don't you remember the day that you began to see things? It was like a light bulb came on. And I mean, you could see clearly the things of God. You understood the Bible. You'd come to church and you couldn't wait to get there because you were learning and you were understanding and light was coming to you. What was that? That was the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. He has come to bring you light. But people in the world, they don't have the abiding Holy Spirit within them. And so they live deceived and they lived darkened. That's why you don't listen to them. What has amazed me during this whole thing is how godless people try to tell me how to worship God. You can get together but you can't sing. I'm going to sing. One day you'll wish you had sang. I'm going to tell you that right now. One day you'll wish you had of. But I'm going to sing. But see, we have to not listen to people who don't have the Holy Spirit try to tell us how we should believe, how we should act. I mean, how bold they are to come and mock our Jesus, mock our God, mock prayer. 
I remember when Governor Cuomo stood up and he said, our numbers have went down and that has nothing to do with God, nothing to do with faith, nothing to do with prayer. Yeah, now it's coming out what he was doing. Hiding all the numbers. But see, you got Christian people. Just eat that stuff up. You need to learn who to listen to. And who you need to be listening to is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. But for people that aren't saved, they don't, they don't know. It takes the power of God to help them see. All right, I've got to hurry. Um, I'm going to skip down. Go to Romans chapter 1. And I'm going to skip over some things. You getting anything out of this? See, I think it's good to just understand why people are deceived and blind. Because I think it was Stacy told me, she said, I just want to get a hold of some people and shake them. But see, for some people, that ain't going to do them any good. Because there's reasons why they're blind. There's some people I'd like to shake too if I could be honest about it. I told the Lord, I said, you know, when the Holy Ghost makes all this right, can I just see people get their nose smeared in this? Can I just see it, Lord? He didn't answer. Maybe that was a carnal request, but, you know, praise the Lord. Hebrews 3.13. I'm going to go over this, and then then we'll close. Sin deceives you and makes you blind. And see, this is going to probably be some uh, area that some people may not want me to go there. But listen, the enemy's tempting people. He's trying to get everybody off. He's trying to get everybody off course. There are temptations coming at people left and right right now. And you need to be aware of why that's coming. It's coming so the enemy can get you off course and also that he can blind you because there's a deceitfulness attached to sin. It says this over here in Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So sin has the power to deceive, and I, I used this example last week. Have you ever saw people that um, are involved in sin, and everybody knows it, but they think that they've pulled the wool over everybody's eyes? They don't think anybody sees what they're doing. What in, you know, they you know they're sneaking off, doing all this stuff, and they don't they don't get it that people know that they're up to something. They think they've got everybody fooled. Deceitfulness of sin. They also believe that it's not going to affect them the way it's affected other people. Well, you know, I'm going to get away with it because, you know, I'm, I've outsmarted so many people in my life and this and that. No, you're deceived. There's a deceitfulness attached to sin. Don't let sin in. Just don't let it in. Because it will make you dark and dumb. It will. Another thing is when people love the darkness. Loving darkness will cause people to be deceived. Romans 1 and verse 28. 
It says, and even as, now notice this phrase right here, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. These people did not want to retain God in their knowledge. They pushed away the knowledge of God. Why? Because they wanted to hold on to their beliefs. Have you ever noticed some people want to hold on to their beliefs that are contrary to the word of God? And you show them the word of God and they push back on that. And many times it's because they're involved in things that they don't want to let go of. They don't want to let go of their lifestyle. They don't want to let go of their behaviors. They don't want to let go of certain things. So they hold to those things or those beliefs and push away the knowledge of God. They won't retain it in their thinking. They end up with a reprobate mind. See, that's serious stuff. Can this happen to people? It does, has, and probably will some more. Don't let it in. Uh, John 3.19. You get anything out of this this morning? It's awfully quiet in here. John 3.19. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They loved the darkness. They wanted the darkness. And I've seen people like this. And you can't help them. You can't help them. In fact, they don't even want to be around the light. I had one lady come to church. She brought her new boyfriend. And I could tell the whole time he hated church. And uh, afterwards, I talked to him for just a little bit. And he wasn't really interested in talking to us. And later, she told me, she said, he didn't really like church. He said that when you looked at him, it looked like you were just looking right down into his soul. I said, no, that wasn't me. I said, it was the presence of God in, in the building. And when Jesus comes in, there's light. And people that are living in darkness don't want the light because it exposes their darkness. So I'll just leave that right there. If you're with somebody that don't want to be around the light, why? Praise the Lord. Now, uh, go to uh, 1 Corinthians 12. I'm about finished. You getting something? Uh, this, one, this one needs to be shared. They're yoked up with darkness. You need to be watchful over your associations. There's a verse here in 2 Corinthians 6 in verse 14 in the Amplified Classic. It says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, that seems pretty clear to me. I don't know why people get confused over these issues, but do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Do not make mismated alliances with them or come under a different yoke with them inconsistent with your faith. 
Now that's pretty clear. Inconsistent with what you believe. Inconsistent with what you know about God. Well, I'm trying to help them. Well, the word of God says real clearly, don't be yoked up with them. I mean, how clear is this? For what partnership has right living and right standing with God with iniquity and lawlessness? Or how can light have fellowship with darkness? See, who you run with affects you. Who you run with affects what you see and how you see things in life. It affects your spiritual sight. It really does. And I remember, um, this is a while back when we were studying on the wisdom of God. And the Lord spoke something to me. He said, when I want to bless my people, he said, one of the things I do is I send people to them that will be a blessing. I will send people to them to impart faith, vision, impart Uh, things that are good to help them. He goes, I'll send people to be a blessing. But when the enemy wants to hurt people, he sends people too. And he will send people that can pull you into darkness. And so if you don't like what is on a person, You need to watch that you're not around them because they can pull you into that. There's another verse. I think you're over there in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 and 2. We're just about finished. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. As you were what? Led. Led away. Led away. See, people get led away. People get led into things by wrong people, wrong connections, wrong associations. And so we have to watch that those associations around us bring light, encouragement. Come on now. It's not to say that you can't have anybody in your life that's not born again, but you have to watch that connection. You have to watch that you're not associated with them so much because, see, there's that sharing. See, just like what we're doing right now, I'm communicating things to you, and it is inspiring thoughts, points of view. It's inspiring uh, ideas about things. You know what I'm saying? You will leave here today with something that you didn't come with. And that's how associations work. You get introduced to things that are not light. You get introduced to new ways of looking at things. I had a person tell me, I was talking about some of these things with them, and, and anyway, they need their mind renewed. They said, you know, I just, I just like a broad scope of opinions. I go, well, you know, there's a lot I could say about opinions. Anybody heard the opinion jokes? 
Everybody's got one. Why would I want everybody's opinion when not everybody's walking in the light? I told her, I said, I want a broad scope of the light. I don't need a broad scope of people's darkness. You understand what I'm saying? So that's how association works, and that's why you have to watch them because you don't want to get pulled into things that are not of God. All right. Praise the Lord. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this one. Proverbs 16 and 18. Pride blinds. Pride blinds. And this is why a lot of people in the world are blinded today. This says over here in Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. People are blinded by pride. You know what will help you is humility. The more humility you have operating in your life, the less susceptible you are to being deceived and involved with pride. Nobody likes being told that they're wrong. Nobody enjoys that. But listen, the Word of God is here to correct you and help you. Everybody needs correction. Everybody needs help. And if you don't think you do, you are like numero uno, the one who needs help. When you don't think you need any help, you're like the first one who needs it. And so... Pride has this blinding effect to people. The more proud you are, the more uh, resistant you are to correction or anybody telling you areas in your life where you're wrong, the darker you will be. But the more humble you are and the more open you are for you know for you to just be pliable in the hand of God and for God to mold you and change you and correct you and get thoughts straightened out or beliefs you know straightened out you are less likely to be deceived case in point is the devil he is the most darkened and deceived that you'll find he said I will exalt myself above the most high God. Well, he started going down right then. Do you know that he still believes that? He still believes that he will usurp God and be exalted above God. He still believes that is going to happen. He's that deceived. But we see that with people today. I was listening to somebody uh, on, on the television. It was a scientist, and he was talking about the, the Big Bang theory. You know, godless person, you know, doesn't believe in creation, doesn't believe the Word of God, doesn't believe any of that stuff. But he was, he was talking about how, you know, the universe, you know, it just all came together. And I'm sitting here listening to him, and I'm thinking, you sound so dumb. You sound so stupid. The, the universe just, you know, came together. All of the animal kingdom, the, the, mankind. I mean, 
the specific design of just the human body is just, it's absolutely amazing. And you mean to tell me that that just happened? Why didn't other things just happen? I spent half the day cleaning my house yesterday. Why couldn't I just like went out to lunch and come back and all the shoes go back to their closets and and all the dishes go back to the, you know, if everything just happens like that, why do things not still happen? Why aren't things coming together like they did at the Big Bang? It's because it never happened. But see, they're so smart that they think, oh, we have figured all this out and it doesn't include God. That we've figured it all out how it happened. It's pride. And the more pride you have, the darker you become. We need to be humble. And have a heart of humility and a spirit of humility about us to where we can, without it bothering us to say it, say out loud, I don't know everything. In fact, I know very little. I remember Brother Hagin said, he goes, the more, the more I, I, I know, the more I find out I don't know. And see, that's, that's a heart that's open for God to change and for God to mold and for God to correct. And that's what we need to have. We don't need to be lifted up in pride because it will blind you. Can I give you one more? And we're just going to end with this. <laughs> Ephesians 1.17. I love that this is a prayer that Paul prayed. And I, I've, I've, I've looked at this verse so many times. I thought, man, I, I, I know for myself, I did not realize how much we were going to need to to believe God for light in this end time. I mean, you know, the Bible talks about deception being a dominant thing in the end times. But, you know, you, sometimes you read those scriptures and, you, you know, we didn't know what it was going to look like. But this is what it looks like. Darkness everywhere, lies everywhere, information coming out to mislead us on purpose everywhere. But praise God, our God is the God of light. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of all truth. He is the spirit of light unto us. And we can pray this verse. This is Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1.17. He prayed this over the church at Ephesus that the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The spirit of wisdom, revelation. I remember months ago the Holy Spirit spoke that to me. He said the spirit of wisdom rests on this church. The spirit of wisdom rests upon these people. I think we need to pray that prayer over our families, over our children. I tell you, it makes me mad when I see what's happening to our young people. The propaganda. You send them off to university to learn something, and all they do is is teach them propaganda. All they do is deceive them. All they do is try to take everything out of them that we as godly parents put in them. 
And many parents don't even know that it's going on. But I tell you, we can pray the word of God and we can pray, Lord, I thank you that you bring a spirit of wisdom to my life, revelation to my life. I thank you, Lord, that I clearly see, I clearly know, I clearly understand the way that you want me to walk in. I clearly can see every decision that I need to make. The the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Hallelujah. I see clearly. I see accurately. I see specifics. Glory to God. There's no confusion. There's no darkness. Hallelujah. But I have light in my heart. I have light in my mind. There is light in my family. There is light in our household. None of us walk in darkness in the name of Jesus. And we need to exercise our faith in that and say that out of our mouth. Glory to God. Father, I thank you that my heart is filled with light, flooded with light. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Did you get something out of that this morning? Hallelujah. I declare in the name of Jesus that this church walks in great peace and in great light in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that all of the confusion and all of the darkness and all of the anxiety and all of the fear, it has no place in us. We do not operate in fear and we do not operate in darkness. We refuse these things that are trying to push over on us. These things that are unlike God, unlike the character of God. These things that don't line up with the scriptures. I thank you Lord that the Holy Spirit just rises up big on the inside of every believer to stand against these things, to not allow them into their thinking. I thank you, Lord, for families that are standing for truth and churches that are standing for truth. And I thank you that we will walk in even greater light in Jesus' name. For those who will stand for the light, they will walk in great light. Hallelujah. And we thank you for that. We are counting on that. We have full confidence in the Holy Spirit to reveal and to guide us in all truth. In Jesus' name, we give you praise for that in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. Say, I am a child of the light. I walk in the light. My heart is flooded with light. My mind sees the light. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing the light to me. No more darkness. No more confusion. Only light in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad that he has the power to do that in your life? He is doing that in your life oh glory to God it's so wonderful to have knowledge of the right way I mean I was telling I was talking to Malcolm before church you know he uh, he won the city council uh, position over in in Hemet and um, you know we were just talking about things you know people are so confused people don't know 
What's happening? They're so uncertain about the day that we live in, but we are so certain. We have knowledge. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, man, I know right where we're at. We're on, the, we're on the very edge of revival. We're on the very edge of the wealth transfer. Hallelujah. Where the wealth of the wicked that's been laid up from, for the just comes into the hands of God's people. It's going to come into your hands. It's going to come into your hands. It's going to come into your hands. Not just the church, but you individually. The wealth of the wicked. We're going to see that. And we're going to win a mighty harvest of souls for the Lord. And then we're out of here. But it's so wonderful to know and not be confused. Isn't it a blessing? With every area of your life, you can know. You have an unction from the Holy One. And you know all things. Hallelujah. We're in a season of knowing. 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 Not confusion. A spirit of knowing. Hallelujah is on the church. Glory to God. Amen. Lift up your hands. Let's just thank God for the word. Father, we thank you today for the word of God. Thank you that it brings understanding to us, light to us, helps us. Thank you that you're here to help.